On May 22, 1968, U.S. Navy Commander Francis Slattery took one last look at the Mediterranean through his periscope. Everything was peaceful and quiet above the waterline, with only the occasional ship horn interrupting the silence. But he knew the journey home was treacherous. For months, American and Soviet subs had battled beneath the waves. Slattery just hoped they wouldn't be the next victims. He took a sip of coffee and ordered his crew to descend. It was time to brave the Atlantic. The next couple days aboard the USS Scorpion went according to plan. Until, about a week into the trip, a sonarman yelled out for Slattery. His tone was urgent as he said, Contact detected, bearing 090 on our location. Torpedo in the water. Slattery sprang into action, yelling for his crew to take evasive maneuvers. His second-in-command barked orders for the ship to dive as fast as possible. The scorpion plunged deeper and deeper. Slattery grabbed onto the bulkhead and held his breath. Suddenly, the vessel lurched to her starboard side and threw Slattery to the floor. In a split second, hundreds of tons of water flooded the control room, killing him instantly. Sparks flew from the control panel and the ship went dark. Exactly 91 seconds later, the USS Scorpion sank, lifeless, to the ocean floor. Some distance away, Soviet vessels gathered. Their plan to destroy a U.S. nuclear vessel was a success. And the Americans were none the wiser. Welcome to Conspiracy Theories, a Spotify original from ParCast. Every Monday and Wednesday, we dig into the complicated stories behind the world's most controversial events and search for the truth. I'm Carter Roy. And I'm Molly Brandenburg. And neither of us are conspiracy theorists. But we are open-minded, skeptical, and curious. Don't get us wrong. Sometimes the official version is the truth. But sometimes it's not. You can find episodes of Conspiracy Theories and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify. This is our second episode on the disappearance of the USS Scorpion, a nuclear submarine that went missing in May of 1968. Last time, we followed the adventures of the Scorpion from its creation to its disappearance. We also discussed the massive search that led to its eventual discovery in October 1968. In this episode, we'll look at three conspiracy theories that attempt to explain how the Scorpion met its ultimate demise. First, we'll talk about whether an advanced alien vessel destroyed it. Then, we'll look at another popular idea, that the submarine was destroyed by a Soviet torpedo, and the U.S. Navy covered up its loss just to save face. And finally, we'll explore whether the incident was a machinery malfunction gone terribly wrong. We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. 
The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com Spotify. TommyJohn.com Spotify. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The disappearance of the USS Scorpion remains one of the most enduring mysteries of the Cold War. No one knows exactly why the -the state-of-the-art submarine sank, why it never sent a distress call, or what happened to all the nuclear warheads aboard. Despite the Navy's thorough investigation into the explosion, they still haven't released a complete explanation for what happened to the USS Scorpion. In the immediate aftermath of the submarine's disappearance, The Navy was so tight-lipped that some families of the deceased began to suspect a cover-up. And even today, certain documents related to the investigation are still censored. Because of this, many people have tried to fill in the blanks on their own. One of the most extraordinary explanations is conspiracy theory number one. An unidentified submerged object destroyed the scorpion. In 2019, ufologist and conspiracy theorist Mike Barra argued in his book, The Triangle, The Truth Behind the World's Most Enduring Mystery, that the scorpion was actually on a secret mission to follow a USO, unidentified submerged object, which is basically an underwater UFO. During that confrontation, Barris says that Commander Slattery was ordered to fire one of his nuclear torpedoes at the USO. The alien vessel then retaliated by shooting the scorpion down with an electromagnetic pulse-type weapon into the abyss. Once the sub reached its maximum depth, the hull imploded and the ocean ripped the sub apart. Barra claimed he'd found an anonymous source inside the Navy who told him all of this. According to this person, one of the nuclear torpedoes was missing from the submarine's berth. In addition, the entire operations compartment was missing, as if someone had ripped it out of the submarine, which included the control room where Commander Slattery would have been. Barra seemed certain the remains were never found. This might sound more than a little far-fetched, but there are a lot of other reasons that a USO may have been responsible, starting with the location. The scorpion was recovered a few hundred miles away from Azores, an island chain in the Atlantic. 
Sailors have described it as a hotbed for UFO and USO activity. Which, it's worth pointing out, for an otherworldly object, that distance might just be a hop, skip, and jump away. And more importantly, according to the National UFO Reporting Center, someone actually saw a UFO there only days after the scorpion vanished. In late May, a sailor aboard the USS Monrovia, one of the vessels that was at sea around the time of the disappearance of the Scorpion, spotted a UFO in the Atlantic. Around 9 p.m., a watchman on the Monrovia's deck noticed something moving in the water. It looked like a big cigar, which would suggest that it was an enemy sub, except that it glowed. Whatever was below them lit up in a faint orange hue. Just then, all of Monrovia's equipment malfunctioned. The captain called for instructions, but his radio was broken too, so he tried to steer the vessel as far away from the object as possible. No matter where he went, it followed. For 90 minutes, the crew of Monrovia bolted back and forth, zigzagging through the ocean with the USO at its tail. Then, without warning, the glowing object disappeared. According to the anonymous person who reported it, this incident was seen by all 1,100 people aboard the Monrovia. Then, on the night of June 1st, a signalman stood aboard the Hyades, another ship tasked with looking for the Scorpion. The man slowly pushed the heavy spotlight back and forth, hoping to find any sign of the missing sub. On one of these passes, he caught a metallic object in their spotlight near the water, But only seconds later, it flew away. This reported encounter didn't last as long as the first one, but it did add to the evidence that something otherworldly was happening around the Scorpion's last known location. And these events weren't the first reports of paranormal incidents by men in the Navy. In 1963, five years before the Scorpion took its final journey, the U.S. Navy was running exercises in the waters near Puerto Rico. At some point, a sonar operator on board one of the ships detected a fleet of submerged crafts nearby. Then, without warning, an object that wasn't a sub peeled off and sped away at 172 miles per hour. For context... The world speed record for submarines is just over 50 miles per hour. Not only that, but it was immune to the lethal pressure of the ocean. At the time, most man-made subs couldn't go below 500 feet. But this vessel somehow dropped five miles to the seafloor before shooting right back up. It seemed impossible to the U.S. Navy crew. And other ships on the water surface reportedly saw it too. According to reports, they kept track of the mystery craft for days until it finally slipped through their grasp and disappeared. These underwater vessels seem to have a particular attraction to nuclear subs like the Scorpion. Perhaps because atomic energy is some of the most dangerous, powerful technology in the world. So if there were intergalactic invaders, it seems like obtaining nukes would be a logical first step for them. Given that, it makes sense why some believe that a USO went after the USS Scorpion. The sub had a reactor and nuclear warheads on board. 
Maybe they were chased, just like those other subs, except this time, the aliens won. This theory relies on two basic premises, that the Scorpion was in a USO hotspot, and that physical damage on the ship indicates an extraterrestrial encounter. However, the USO hotspot claim isn't actually backed up by any official statistics. These were just vague claims by sailors. There's also no proof that the Scorpion's damage suggests anything paranormal. Fair enough. That, coupled with the fact that this source of Barra's remained anonymous, certainly doesn't give this theory much weight. So on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the absolute truth, I give it a 2. Considering how thin the evidence is, it's unlikely that a USO killed the scorpion. However, as the saying goes, you don't know what you don't know, and I'm inclined to think we're still missing something that explains the scorpion's demise. I'm even more skeptical than you are. Even if we accept that USOs exist, the only connection we can make to the scorpion is that one may have been seen in the area. But there's nothing to suggest that it was dangerous or that it even crossed paths with Commander Slattery's vessel. Given that, I rate this theory a one. Even if aliens didn't destroy the scorpion, someone else might have. And rather than bring the perpetrators to justice, the U.S. Navy covered it up. Coming up, did the Soviet Union get away with murder? Hi, listeners. It's Vanessa from the ParCast series Mythology. Every Tuesday, join me on a wondrous journey back in time, exploring the most epic battles, sweeping love stories, and harrowing adventures ever told. Heroes, gods, monsters, mayhem. This podcast has it all. From the Knights of the Round Table and Hori the Hunter to Paradise Lost and the Lost City of Atlantis. Each episode of Mythology dramatizes history's greatest stories, bringing their origins to life and giving insight into how our ancestors saw the universe. Ancient myths, modern twists. Catch new episodes of Mythology every Tuesday and binge the classics anytime. Listen free only on Spotify. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. And now, back to the story. In 1984, journalist Ed Offley walked up and down the halls of the Virginia Pilot and the Ledger Star newspaper's office. It had been a big year for him. After digging through mounds of documents related to the USS Scorpion, he'd released a long article that documented its last days. In his piece, Offley reached a conclusion that seemed certain, albeit pretty unsatisfying. What happened to the Scorpion was just a big accident. But in late 1984, his colleague Jerry Hall pulled him aside. With an impish grin, 
Paul told Offley that his time spent retracing the Navy's investigation of the explosion had been for nothing. It was all a ruse. Jerry said he had served 20 years in the Navy and worked directly for Vice Admiral Arnold Shade, who oversaw the rescue effort. Hall said he knew with absolute certainty that the USS Scorpion was attacked by the Soviets. That brings us to our second conspiracy theory. The Scorpion was sunk by an enemy submarine and the US Navy knew about it. To understand this theory, we need to set the backdrop. The late 1960s was a time of prolonged crises for America. The country was mired in the Vietnam War and tormented by political assassinations and domestic unrest. For many, it felt like the United States was balancing on the edge of a knife. It gave the military reason to worry that any small happening at sea or on land could cause the entire country to implode. As the Cold War raged on, The Soviet Union desperately tried to catch up with the U.S. military, including the Navy, which had long dominated them in expertise and technology. But that imbalance couldn't last forever. Enter Admiral Sergei Gorshkov, the commander-in-chief of the Soviet Navy. He had a singular mission, defeat the Americans at sea. As Gorshkov's undersea armada expanded, friction with other countries' vessels became inevitable. By 1968, the year the Scorpion went missing, tensions had reached a breaking point. It seemed like the Soviets were willing to do anything to get ahead, even if it meant risking life and limb. When Ed Offley looked into it, he learned about a chilling tactic U.S. sailors called the Crazy Ivan. If a Soviet commander thought his sub was being followed, he'd pull a sudden sharp turn. And if the Americans weren't quick enough, they'd have to slam the brakes too, which created a sound that revealed exactly where they were. And if they didn't slow down in time, there was always the risk they might slam head first into the other sub. Risky as it was, the maneuver was a clear signal to the Americans. The Soviets were unafraid of sea warfare. This is what happened to the Scorpion all those years ago in the Barents Sea, when the vessel collided with the belly of a Soviet sub. Run-ins like this threatened to start a nuclear war. But despite the risks, both sides kept at it. Take the confrontation that occurred on January 23, 1968, when a North Korean fleet attacked an NSA spy ship. They took everyone on board hostage, and according to research by Ed Offley, handed America's top secret code books to the Soviet Union. For the United States, it was a blatant act of aggression by North Korea, and some suspected involvement from the Soviets, since that's who the code book inevitably went to. So when one of the USSR's own subs exploded in the Pacific Ocean less than two months later, the U.S. pounced. In a classified mission, they sent ships into the waters near Hawaii, hoping to recover bits of Soviet technology in the wreckage. This reconnaissance mission, coupled with a mysterious U.S. sub pulling into a Japanese harbor with serious damage, led the Soviets to suspect that the U.S. had blown up the Soviet sub. To Admiral Gorshkov, this could only mean one thing, payback. 
and if that's how the Americans wanted to play it, Gorshkov was happy to oblige. He'd sink one of their subs, too. He had a secret weapon up his sleeve. A U.S. naval officer named John Walker. His position gave him access to secret broadcasts and any number of classified documents having to do with covert naval operations. Walker was feeding the Soviet Army critical information about the precise location of U.S. subs. On May 22, 1968, Walker intercepted a radio transmission sent from Commander Francis Slattery and passed it to his KGB handler. Supposedly, it began with the words, quote, We are about to begin our surveillance of the Soviets. Then, not long after, the Scorpion disappeared. This theory is bolstered by confusing, though inconsistent, claims by U.S. naval officials in the aftermath of the USS Scorpion's disappearance. We heard the official story last time that the Navy didn't know the ship had disappeared until May 27th when Slattery failed to check in or arrive in Virginia. But Ed Offley wrote that Vice Admiral Arnold Shade, who'd ordered the mission, had his office send the Scorpion eight messages beginning on May 22nd. And none of the messages were answered. When Offley interviewed Shade about this decades later, the Admiral said that he was alerted to the situation after the first non-reply. Which means that Shade probably knew something was wrong as early as May 22nd or 23rd, not May 27th when the sub didn't show up. There were other inconsistencies about Shade's story, too. When he testified before Congress, he told lawmakers that he learned about the Scorpion's disappearance while he was aboard the USS Pargo off the coast of Connecticut. But in his interview with Offley years later, he said he was aboard another ship near the Virginia Capes. It's certainly odd and seems to indicate Shade either covered up or conveniently forgot that he had learned about the Scorpion's disappearance five days earlier than he said he had. Offley also interviewed at least one sailor who told him that on May 24, 1968, three days before the Navy supposedly became aware that the Scorpion was missing, the USS Compass Island was deployed for a top-secret search and rescue assignment. The survey ship was one of the first on the scene looking for the Scorpion. And when Offley talked to the sailors who were aboard the Compass Island on that trip, they dropped a bombshell. They'd actually found the Scorpion on June 9th, five months before the official discovery. In other words, the entire search that followed for the Scorpion was a sham. According to Offley's sources, the Navy kept the June 9th discovery a secret even from the other ships. And then... There's all those secret documents about the USS Scorpion. Not only have many been heavily redacted and censored, but there's been a lot of suggestion that this shows a much larger motive by the Navy. Many think they doctored records, confiscated evidence, and even conducted a massive fake trial to conclude that no one was at fault. The motivation behind a cover-up was clear. If the Navy admitted that the Soviets sank the Scorpion, the American people would cry out for revenge. The Scorpion would have been the second American ship that year to have been targeted by foreign adversaries. And this could have been enough to tip the global scale of power. 
Compared to our first conspiracy theory, this one seems to have a lot going for it. The information that Officer Walker gave to the Soviets in 1968 allowed them to put on a massive intelligence operation that led to the Scorpion's demise. Knowing that, the evidence suggests that the Soviets may have torpedoed the Scorpion, and the U.S. Navy covered it up. Perhaps, but it's not as clear-cut as that. Offley's reasoning is pretty strong, but he's a little thin on physical evidence. We don't know exactly how Walker's espionage contributed to the Soviet's naval operations. We just know that they had a mole in the U.S. military who was willing to give exact locations of U.S. subs. And photos of the wreckage don't actually show signs of a torpedo hit, like burning or scorching. And there's no clear sign of a collision, either. We also don't know exactly which naval documents were allegedly doctored, or how they'd been changed. But there is the acoustic recording from the explosion, which is also very suspicious. According to Ed Offley's book, experts who studied the Scorpion's last seconds identified the sound of a Soviet torpedo moments before the big explosion. Yes, but other acoustic experts, like Bruce Rule, disagreed with this interpretation. We'll talk more about what he found later, but he claimed there was no audible sign that other torpedoes or ships had been near the Scorpion when it sank. Well, we do know that the Navy heavily censored important materials related to the disappearance, and we also know that Admiral Shade contradicted his official statement when he gave an interview to Ed Offley decades later. That is certainly suspicious. Or maybe the Navy was just being secretive to protect the classified nature of its missions. The sailors from the Compass Island claimed their ship found the Scorpion, but none of them saw it with their own eyes. Their knowledge was all secondhand. That's true. Plus, Offley didn't find any high-level witnesses like admirals or senior scientists to confirm this information. For me, this theory is still an eight- While I agree there are some verification holes, I think it's still pretty well documented. And historically, the U.S. government hasn't exactly played it straight with us. I think the truth will eventually come out about this incident. The Navy's behavior is certainly suspicious. And there's definitely a strong motive for both the attack and the cover-up. But without good physical evidence or an eyewitness willing to speak to the event, we can't say with any certainty that the Scorpion sank because of Soviet interference. I'd give this theory a five. Still, there could be one more explanation for the cover-up. Maybe the Scorpion did die by torpedo, but perhaps that fatal blow came from the inside. Coming up, Commander Slattery calls out for help. At IKEA, your dream home is a blue bag away. No matter the size of your space or budget, we've got everything you need to turn your dreams into reality. And now with new lower prices on hundreds of our most popular products, bringing the dream home is even easier. Like the gray strandum wing chair, was $369, now $299. And the IKEA Plus 365 nine-piece cookware set was $129.99, now $89.99. And hundreds more. Shop new lower prices at ikea-usa.com today. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. 
Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. And now back to the story. Between alien sea craft and Soviet torpedoes, there are a lot of possibilities for what killed the scorpion. But there is another possibility, one that's a lot simpler than USOs or Soviet warfare. Perhaps some vital piece of equipment broke down, and its implosion was all a big accident. Which brings us to our final conspiracy theory— The Scorpion sank because of a malfunction, and the Navy buried the failure to avoid embarrassment. To prove this idea, we'll need to know two things. First, what caused the error? And second, we need to find out whether the Navy could have prevented it. If the problem was unavoidable, then there'd be no need for secrecy. But if the Navy has known all along that the Scorpion and its crew died because of a preventable error, it makes sense why they'd try to hide it. Vice Admiral Shade has long theorized that a faulty trash disposal chute was responsible for the explosion. And this explanation does make a lot of sense. Throwing out trash is actually one of the most dangerous operations that happens aboard a sub. When you're 500 feet below the surface, There's no good place to put your garbage. And over time, the dozens of sailors who lived aboard these vessels accumulated a lot of trash. You can't just open a hatch and dump out your garbage because that would depressurize the submarine and kill everyone. So to chuck the waste requires a special compartment. The Scorpion had a small chamber which acted like an airlock. Crew members opened an inner door, put their trash inside, then sealed it shut before they unlocked the outer one. This is a very sensitive procedure. If both doors get stuck at once, then there's nothing to stop the water from rushing in, causing the submarine to depressurize and sink in minutes. Because of that risk, sailors only did this operation near the surface, where water pressure was low. That way, if something did go wrong, it'd be easier to close the doors before the whole ship was swamped with water. Pictures of the wreckage suggest that's exactly where the scorpion was when the accident happened. For example, one of the periscopes was partially raised. Since there's no reason to have the periscope out when you're hundreds of feet below the surface, some investigators concluded that the scorpion was just beneath the waves when it exploded. And with this evidence, Vice Admiral Shade drew the conclusion that the Scorpion's trash unit might have malfunctioned and that this led to several other mechanical failures. But the Navy's official investigators weren't sure. They acknowledged that this scenario was possible, but unlikely. Whatever caused the Scorpion to combust, the blast was so loud that microphones hundreds of miles away heard the sound. Those recordings reached Dr. John Craven in June 1968. A combat veteran and a master poker player with degrees from Caltech and Cornell, Craven was a minor celebrity in the Navy. 
When he found the recordings, he noticed that after the initial burst, there were a number of audio bumps made, possibly when the ocean crushed each sealed compartment on the sub, one by one. So he used that data to triangulate which direction the scorpion was traveling when it crashed. He found that the vessel was actually heading east towards Spain, not west towards the U.S. like it was supposed to. Craven couldn't understand why Commander Slattery would have turned around. But as he listened to the initial explosion sounds again and again, he realized that Commander Slattery was actually running from the ship's own nukes, which had gone off by accident. This scenario is called a hot run, where a rogue torpedo activates on its own. When that happens, and it did happen on occasion, the warheads were equipped with a failsafe. Basically, if a torpedo powered up by accident, Commander Slattery was supposed to turn the vessel a 180-degree turn, and the weapon would disarm. But if that didn't work, boom. This fail-safe mechanism was finicky, and the MK-37 torpedoes, of which the Scorpion had 14, reportedly had a nasty habit of turning themselves on. In fact, in spring of 1968, while the Scorpion was on its last voyage, a Navy laboratory performed an experiment on an MK-37 that showed the issue was in a faulty battery. They sent out a classified alert warning commanders to ditch any MK-37s that had this battery type. The scientists discovered that something inside the torpedo's battery was very sensitive to vibration. During one of their tests, the MK-37 battery burst into flames. And yet, the Scorpion was obviously still carrying these torpedoes. So, it may not be a coincidence that for over a month, the Scorpion suffered from a mysterious vibration that its crew had reported to higher-ups. And it also isn't a coincidence that in the years after the submarine sank, the Navy pushed the MK-37s out of circulation. The technical advisory group, which Dr. Craven led, saw this scenario as the most likely answer for what happened. However, a second Navy investigation, which was allegedly buried, disagreed. They argued that if a torpedo had blown up inside the ship, it probably would have detonated the other warheads as well. Not only would it make a bigger boom, but the explosion would have scattered radioactive material everywhere. Yet Navy scientists found no signs of radiation near the Scorpion's wreckage, which means that the reactor core that powered the ship and all its warheads were still intact. Bruce Rule, the Navy's top acoustic analyst for decades, also took issue with Craven's theory. He claimed that Craven's calculations were off and couldn't have accurately plotted out which way the Scorpion was heading. Rule's analysis focused on the recordings of two explosive events that occurred just before the Scorpion began to sink. These were the sounds that some theorists have suspected came from a Soviet warship's attack or a torpedo's hot run. But Rule had a much simpler explanation. Maybe these sounds came from an internal explosion, and then the Scorpion's pressure hull imploding. 
which led some investigators to conclude that the Scorpion's demise was actually due to a battery malfunction. The Scorpion's battery was a 69-ton beast composed of lead plates soaked in sulfuric acid. The chemical reaction inside each cell produced dangerous amounts of hydrogen gas. The tiniest spark could cause a massive explosion. And the Navy found melted battery debris everywhere near the wreckage. And a few years after the Scorpion's disappearance, the Navy instituted new certification standards for its subs to ensure a similar catastrophe wouldn't happen again. The USS Scorpion suffered from a number of mechanical problems, all of which had been flagged to naval authorities in the months leading up to its disappearance. So even if it wasn't a faulty battery or the finicky MK-37s, it could have been any number of other mechanical failures. Commander Slattery routinely complained that his ship was falling apart. The situation was so bad, the crew actually called her the USS Scrap Iron. One machinist reported that the crew had, quote, repaired, replaced, or jury-rigged every piece of Scorpion equipment. Rusty paint chips fell into the torpedo tubes, and the hydraulics leaked oil like a sieve. And while Vice Admiral Shade knew all this, he ordered the ship out for a last-minute mission in February 1968, because, in all honesty, he desperately needed another submarine in the Mediterranean, and the Scorpion was the only one available. Obviously, he may not have known that it would end in catastrophe, but as a seasoned military strategist, he probably should have realized it was a possibility. I think deducing that much is a stretch. Even though the Scorpion had some minor problems, the Navy did a full inspection of it not long before its final voyage and found nothing grave. If they had, Shade likely would have grounded them immediately. Or at least that's what he was supposed to have done. The Navy needed the Scorpion. That's true, but to let the Scorpion sail in questionable shape would put a lot on the line. Not only were they risking their own careers, but also the lives of the men aboard. Sure, but to that same point, we also have to consider what might have happened if the Scorpion didn't set sail. If officials wanted to ground the Scorpion due to a safety issue, but knew that might mean missing a critical mission, well, that could have been a huge tipping point in favor of sending it out, even if it ended in catastrophe. We can't really be surprised that the Navy has kept its business close to the vest. When nuclear warheads and undersea espionage are involved, you don't really want the public to know every little detail. Which makes it clear that at this point, we don't have enough proof to say the Navy hid the truth to protect themselves, though I think it's definitely worth revisiting if and when more documentation becomes available. On a scale of 1 to 10, this theory is a 7 for me. Commander Slattery had been raising alarm bells about the Scorpion's machinery issues for months, most of which were unresolved by the time it took its last journey. While no one can say which mechanical issue may have caused the wreck, I really do think one of the subsystems failed. So for me, this is an 8. The Navy certainly has some answering to do. Fortunately, in the past 50 years, submarines have gotten a lot safer, and our ability to track them has gotten much better. 
So, if another one goes missing, we won't have to wait eight months to find out what happened. Well, that's what you'd think, but most of Earth is covered by water, and we know frighteningly little about what's underneath it. Mountains, valleys, volcanoes, not to mention countless animal species we don't even have names for. It's true. The real mysteries of this world might not be in our skies. Instead, the truly inexplicable might be lying just beneath the surface in the dark blue abyss. Thanks for tuning in to Conspiracy Theories. You can find all episodes of Conspiracy Theories and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Among the many sources we used, we found Scorpion Down, Sunk by the Soviets, Buried by the Pentagon, by Ed Offley to be extremely helpful to our research. We'll be back next time with a new episode. Until then, remember, the truth isn't always the best story. And the official story isn't always the truth. Conspiracy Theories is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Russell Nash, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Nick Johnson, Trent Williamson, and Carly Madden. This episode of Conspiracy Theories was written by Xander Bernstein, edited by Amber Von Schassen and Mackenzie Moore, fact-checked by Claire Cronin, researched by Bradley Klein, and produced by Bruce Kotovich. Conspiracy Theories stars Molly Brandenburg and Carter Roy. <laughs>